welcome to another chapter of In The Keep Podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherload. This show is all about the world of first-person shooters, their legacies, their lineage, and the people who keep that world turning. It is the will of the drowned god, Cathala, that our communities band together to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. So our guest today is JCR, and for those of you who are not familiar with his work, he is a mapper for a little game called Quake. Maybe you've heard of it, and you know, a prominent member of the Quake mapping community is also a co-host on Dump Truck and RC's podcast, The Quake Cast, which is like amazing. And whenever RC can't be there, JCR fills in the spot. And we just like uh you know started chatting a bit back and forth uh, late last year he then ended up being a guest on our show maps of madness uh which is on youtube if you haven't seen it it's uh basically just a series where i hop into a map or you know level whatever of a game with its creator and uh i play through it and we talk about it and they kind of tell us the little details about how they made it and what their intentions were and that was kind of my first real dive into playing custom quake maps and jcr was the guy that helped me do that so that said one of those videos if you go back and watch them is of a mod that he created called jump mod and within that there was this incredible map pack that he made just for it called triune discovery and it's just it blew my mind and Basically what this is, Jump Mod gives you the ability to double jump in Quake. And then Triune Discovery was an attempt to make a like a platforming game of Quake. And so instead of, you know, being really focused on the the fact that you're killing monsters or whatever, it's not about that. It's about exploration. It's about, you know, platforming and solving sort of platforming puzzles and everything. And I just totally, completely fell in love with that. Then he hit me up over, I think, the Christmas break and was telling me, like, hey, bro, uh, we're doing this jump jam in January uh, called the January Jump Jam. (laughs) It's just basically going to be, like, all of these amazing mappers who make a level specifically for this jump boot mechanic. And, of course, I was, like, 100% in on that idea. So, over the course of January... I waited for it to come out. It did come out, and then when I actually recorded this with JCR, I had not yet played through all the levels. But as of now, I have, and I can tell you that they're incredible. So some of the mappers, hopefully you recognize their names, who contributed to this are Greenwood, who was recently on QuakeCast talking about his new show, or I guess segment, which I think is called Vanilla Scoops, which is pretty cool because it's like all these interesting... Quake maps that he's dug up that are using the, just basically the, the vanilla id assets and everything. And I think that's going to be a recurring deal, so that'll be pretty dope. But anyway, point being that Greenwood is a connoisseur of Quake mapping, if you will. And then we have all these other amazing names. We got uh, Hardcore Masu, and we've got Heresy, we got Pinchy, Shade Master, who was recently on our show here. And Smile Scythe, we're going to talk about him a bit in the interview, so make sure you tune into that part. But anyways, hey, the music that you hear right now is by none other than the one and only Immorpher. Show him some love, go over to his Bandcamp page, buy all of his music, 
And if you're making some kind of incredible Quake map or project for Quake that you want music for, I can't recommend anyone better. Or, hey, bright new idea, if you're some kind of big time fucking game designer and you really want the best possible dark ambient soundtrack for your game, why don't you pay it more for a scrillion dollars to do your soundtrack? That sounds like a plan. I highly recommend you do that. But in the meantime, let's get in the keep with JCR. Trench Broom was uh, gaining popularity, and Dump Truck was making his tutorial videos, and, you know, I found myself with some spare time, so I picked up Quake Mapping. I had tried it a million years ago on Worldcraft, um, but that was a whole other, you know, it was like uh, my early PC days. And, you know, that's about it. I've kind of turned it into my hobby, just making Quake maps that I kind of just come up with on my whiteboard here. And getting to know everybody in the in the Quake mapping community, it's been it's been a fun little adventure. That was magnificent. The first as soon as you started talking, because most people, when they I ask them to introduce themselves, they say something to akin to like. Hey, I'm JCR and uh you know, I'm famous for this or whatever it is and you uh clearly I don't know if it was cognitive or or not like it was a decision you made, but every great episode of Quakecast starts with like an a monologue of just the person who who's being interviewed talking. The yeah. best one in, in my mind is like Killpixel, that that one was just perfect. And you kind of did that yourself like you you almost it seemed like you made the decision to do uh it just that for me that's so cool man so i i'll i'll reveal the secret to you so that maybe you could use it in the future but the reason they start like that is because the first question is how did you get to like how'd you get to this like how'd you what was your first quake experience is is the actual question but that loosely can be translated as well you know what brings you here so yeah. that might be a, a good introduction for when I was on the show, they asked me that and it was the same way. Yeah. It's yeah. like, they're good at like, they're just good at tricking you into like make creating an amazing introduction. It's so cool. That's what I love about the Quake cast. It's probably my favorite podcast. Like, well, you know, RC and dump truck are professionals for, well, I mean, yeah, they are in a lot of ways. <laughs> And so are you, man. Like a, a lot of the stuff that you've been on recently, like kind of filling in for RC with the baby coming along and just, you know, generally life happening have been some of the best episodes. Amorpher was incredible. I love that episode. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm i just a hobbyist. And, you know, uh, I, I don't see that really changing. Just because um, I've learned that you got to have like a fun thing that you do. 
Mm-hmm. And the moment you make it serious, it kind of um, it becomes a new challenge to keep it to keep it fun. And you know, maybe that's just me shit talking, but uh, that's how I, that's how I feel from where I'm standing right now. No, I I don't disagree with you. I just think that it you know it's there's different ways of looking at uh what is and what isn't a hobby or whatever like because i understand like i have i I just went for a jog before i came in to record the podcast and i do that all the time and i have friends who are like hey man you want to train to go run in this like fucking you know 5k or like let's go do a marathon and i couldn't be less interested in that even though i run regularly all the time but i don't ever want it to become like something i have to take seriously it's just like therapeutic it's just changing the oil in the old in the car for me you know what i'm saying right Right, I and I, not to say I would never try to run a marathon, but it's just like I don't want to turn this into work. I just want it to be something that I enjoy. It's my little thing that I do with me. Like that's another thing, um, you know. Like I'm a certified firearms instructor, and I don't really do much instructing because it's work. Yeah, you know, like I got into it thinking like, oh yeah, I'm going to turn my hobby, which is like you know, shooting and showing people how to shoot. That's a hobby. I'm going to turn that into money. But the moment you do that, in a lot of cases, it, I don't know, it takes on like a different light. And, you know, then you can't think of it the same way because no longer is it on your terms. Now it's on the terms of your customers or, you know, whoever you're trying to um, to please or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's really cool how uh, you kind of explained it. I think the first time you were interviewed on QuakeCast, you they got a little bit into like your your firearms uh, hobby and everything. Yeah, and you're from like South Florida area. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I was I was born in the South too, and like I had a just recently some guy at work came up to me. He's like, "Hey man, you ever shot a shotgun?" I'm like, "I mean, I knew how to shoot a shotgun literally before I knew how to tie my shoes because <laughs> that's just I'm just from that area, and I'm not." You know, I don't really feel too strongly one way or the other about anything. And I know that's for some people, they get so upset about. Oh, yeah. It's a topic of contention and and all that. But I don't know. How do you feel? Like, you want to spill the beans? on? I'm a very very cheerful guy with these things. (laughs) Me too. So my my opinion might be deceptive. But, you know, I think it's a very serious. It's something to take very seriously. Um, For sure. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a political show, folks, but yeah, I same, same, same. Uh, let's talk about video games. That's what people tuned in for. Yeah. So um I've been moseying my way very lazily through the jump gym. Uh, and I had kind of given myself the goal, like, I'm gonna beat the whole thing before I, you know, two weeks from now when I get to talk to JCR. And here I am. But you didn't do uh, it. Not not beating the whole thing. However, uh, I'm really enjoying what I've gotten through so far. In particular, well, which ones have you played? So the first one I played was uh, Shade Master's Map. All right. And I, I actually got a chance to talk to him recently, like record an episode really? and Bloodshot uh, about Slayer's Testament. So then I, I went on a deviation. Well, I where I was gonna... They're related, right? I think they're brothers. Yeah, they're brothers. Oh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's the weirdest thing, too, man. I don't know I where like, I heard that, but I heard it somewhere through the grapevine. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Well, so. it, it was like, as I'm talking to them, they 
I, I realized at some point, like as we were getting ready to record, that they were in the same room because I could hear each of them talking ah. to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, it's dope, man. And, it, and then I had to be like, well, you guys like teenagers? <laughs> no, they're both grown ass men. They're just bros. They love each other and love doing what they do. Yeah, um, that's great. My brother and I have a really good relationship. Um, when I, I, I kind of dabbled in doom mapping, I told him to learn how to like use a like a MIDI tracker software because yeah. he's a musician. So I was like, learn how to make music for my maps. And um, well, it never materialized because, well, you know, still love the guy, but <laughs> some things just don't work out, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You got to find something to relate on everything. I have so many brothers and sisters, dude. I can't like... I can't even keep track of when they're all getting married and stuff. Yeah, you're like uh, you're like in the middle, or you're like the younger one or older. I have one older brother and one older sister, and then a whole bunch of younger siblings. Like, and, oh, and it's not like not like my parents were just getting down either. It's like you know, like they divorced when I was like two. So then you know, mom remarried, dad remarried, and the and the two separate families come out of that. And yeah, it's yeah that is one way to make a big family, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, but. It was rewarding in a lot of ways because I got to both be the youngest, the middle, and then later on get to be the oldest and kind of get, I got, I got a lot of experience in dealing with people and, you know, understanding different personality types and all that stuff. Just play all the different roles of, uh, yeah. In the family, older brother, younger brother. Yeah, that's funny. Anyway, so that, (laughs) that tangent started with, with, uh, Shades Master. Shades, Shades Map. And yeah, I really enjoyed that one. That was the first one I played. And now I'm uh, pretty deep into Smile Scythe's map, which is, from what I can tell so far, a masterpiece. But it's like his map is like a hub for several different maps and challenges to do. So it's kind of like a whole game in itself. And I'm really enjoying that, And I, but I can't beat it yet. So I haven't beat that one. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, you should probably talk to him on that. Because he doesn't have many map releases, but the ones he has released have all been, I think he has two, and this is one of them. The other one was part of the Finnish map jam. And um, there's a lot of striking similarities between the two maps. Obviously, the jump jam map has a lot more um, going for it in terms of like the jumping challenges, but the jumping challenges that he has in his Finnish Jam, the Suomi Mapper episode jam, whatever you want to call it. The map that he made there also has uh, a handful of mapping or platforming challenges, excuse me. And um, I feel like the the response he's been receiving for his jump jam map is very similar to his Suomi map jam map. Um, I just don't think people like platforming as much as I thought <laughs> because I, I loved, I loved that, that map he made for the, the, the Suomi episode jam so much so that I actually personally contacted him because, uh, I, I was hoping he would make a map for jump jam and like, holy shit, dude, there's no, no one expected what we got. I would say of all the maps, like his and Mazu's map, well, I mean, that's not being very fair. Like, I really enjoyed all the maps because they all used the jump boots in like their own 
cool way. Yeah. But like, I think it's easy to see that Smile Scythe's map was kind of set apart from the rest. Well, it's funny because I, I did I didn't play them in order or anything. Like I jumped in, I played yeah. Shades because I knew who he was, and then I also like, oh, Smile Scythe. He's like, you know, he's been around the Discord for a while. So check out. I've never seen anything he's done. I did. I remember asking him about the Finnish map jam, but I didn't play that. And then, so when I saw him here, I was like, oh, well, I'll just play his map, and that'll give me a a reason to like, oh, appreciate this or whatever. And then it just ended up being like this crazy journey. Now that I'm, I'm. I was literally trying to boot it up and play more of it while I was waiting on you to come join me because it's just like addictive. It's like, oh god, this is it's so cool like with the different portals and you go out and you know for, you have like four different directions. You have to kind of slowly unveil you know the different areas of this map, and then you have these platforming challenges that are you know levels of their own within the level. And now, have you have you completed any of those pieces? No, I, I've been like jumping around to different ones and like failing. And then I'm like, okay, well, then I'll re- reboot up the game later and give it another shot. Yeah, uh, it's it's really challenging. And that was the that was the same thing people were saying about his uh, finish map. Yeah. Um, the thing about the, 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 the finish map jam is his map was the first one. So <laughs> it was. Um, I can imagine. It, these aren't my words, but to to borrow on a term that's I've heard around, it, it's a scrub filter because that map is keeping you from the rest of them, you know? So, like, people who got to map two, like, you know what I mean? Like, ma- like the map one was thinning the herd. And I don't know if that was the intention that uh, the Finnish guys had, but that's what happened. So, after playing his map for myself for Jump Jam, I was like, all right, well... I know what's going to happen if I put this all the way at the bo- at the bottom of the start. People are going to lose interest. So I made sure to put him at the top. Plus, when uh, like Mazu made a map too. He's also a Finnish mapper. And his map was huge. Arguably the same length, if not longer, than Smile Scythe's. So I ended up arranging them in order of um, length. Like how long it takes to complete the map. That makes pretty pretty good sense i think i felt like uh, it was fair for everybody you know (laughs) so when you guys do the jams right and this is it's kind of foreign to me in general but so it was your jam right you're like i'm hosting a january jump jam and yeah i organized this one and you get to curate like you decide this is the order there's not a lot of is there like collaboration going on with that or like hey i'd like to make map three or whatever like i think this will work for your pacer is it all just kind of Everyone respects that it's in your hands. Uh, maybe you know, but I think that the Doom maps are done that way, where it's like mappers select a, a map slot that they're going to fill in. It depends on the project. <clears throat> but, yeah. but yeah, here it's like, um, like, hey, here's the idea for the jam that we want to do. Um, here are the progs that we're going to use. That is to say the, the, the mod. Um, here's the theme, if there is one. And, um, you know, you just basically give details along those lines. Um, so for example, some other map jams, which you may, you may have already know about these, but like there was, um, map jam X, which came out like, you know, sometime last year where that one was, uh, that one's theme was insomnia. 
which is a, a classic single player map pack from like the early 2000s. Um, there's other ones like Sewer Jam. And, you know, I'll let you guess what the theme was for that. Did you guys send that to Civi? I think someone brought that up recently. Maybe it was. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, Civi like just played through the whole thing and just knock his counter up every level. Yeah, yeah the sewer counter. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to map jams, that's the idea. And generally speaking, the time frame is loose. But like, let's say uh, jam- Jump Jam was a couple of months because we're coming off of Christmas Jam, uh, which. Christmas Jam happens every December, huh? Or probably before that. I don't know. I I want to say like early November, people start mapping for it with the idea of like, okay, mid December it's done, and then they can have it out by Christmas. Um. So Jump Jam was like right after that, where it's like December fifteenth was the deadline for Christmas Jam. Um, December sixteenth, I was already preparing like a a little post on like what the requirements are going to be. Yeah. But then like, there's a distinction there between speed map packs and this, this is going to sound funny, but on my whiteboard here, it's I've, I wrote down like make a speed map video because I wanted to do like a video kind of like I did like the curated map video, which Mm -hmm. was, well, I want to do one to like just showcase speed maps and then eventually do one that showcase jams and try and like distinguish the two. But I wrote that so long ago that it's dried to the board and I can't erase it now. So it's kind of uh, fallen into the back burner. But anyway, speed map events are kind of similar to a jam, just less formal and usually done like over a weekend, sometimes less. Some of them, some of them are organized in a matter of like hours. Yeah, Shades is one of those guys that can just bust out a map like super, super fast. Yeah, yeah. It totally caught me by surprise when he um, sent something my way. Like, he had not even mentioned that he was making anything. It was just, oh, hey, got something for you. Let me he, know if you have any questions or something. He told me he made it in a single afternoon. He just sat down, and I'm like, all right, time to make a map. He's got, like, apparently there's this thing going on in his brain where he's just got a tried and true method of, like, this is how I make a map, and, like, very and you ever talked to him yeah i mean i talked to him for like you know i exchanged some messages when he sent me uh a message oh you know what it was he sent me a message on a youtube video like he commented on a youtube video saying uh yeah i'm making something for jump jam (laughs) like okay just hit me up on discord no he's uh he's just an interesting guy he he talks very quickly like when he speaks he's very efficient with his words but also like fast. So you have to like kind of pay attention and listen to him. It was, it was a challenging podcast, especially balancing him and his brother who they're polar opposite personality types. Is that right? Yeah. But I think that uh, there's like something going on with this guy where he might be one of those just creative geniuses where he's very efficient and fast at the things he does. And it turned out to be a really fucking great map that I, I haven't played his other stuff except for their project Slayer's Testament, which is, I mean, I don't even know how you, I don't know how you do that kind of stuff. It, it's incredible what they've done with that. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been watching like uh, their their videos. Yeah, of of the whole thing, but um, I have yet to play it myself. 
we're going to have a lot of those, you know, impasses in the conversation where, cause there's so much content you guys turn out and like, there's no way I'm going to be able to catch up, you know, with where you guys are at. And, yeah. In fact, I'm still catching up on new releases, uh, during jump jam. I kind of like was hundred percent focused on, on that. Yeah. So during that time, a bunch of people released just individual maps mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it's a lot to catch up on. Like another really interesting pack that was released was uh, Terror Shibboleth Part 2. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but they're easily the largest maps ever made for the Quake engine. And, uh, dude, let me just send you some pictures because it's, it's unreal. Well, I want to do a video about those, those maps. But um, I recognize that's going to be like, I would need an entire weekend of just dedicated to making this happen. This looks like a, like a doom megawad kind of like just wide open landscape. And there's like, like a church and you can see the lights in the house. This is beautiful, man. It almost looks like not quake, you know? Yeah. The, the crazy thing is that it's, it is quake. <laughs> I know. You know, the next one you send me, it looks like Italy. Basically. It looks like a, photorealistic picture of italy if you don't look too hard yeah kind of like the thumbnail it almost looks like a real picture yeah but you know that that whole thing it's like there's so big that not only do you need an engine with increased limits but then there's a bunch of other console stuff that you need to do in order to get it to run properly and then even then it's probably going to tax the performance on your system quake of all things making your system chug in 2020 it's just (laughs) it's crazy but anyway, like, like this is mind. just one example of the crazy stuff the Quake community is making. But yeah. there's a bunch of other really interesting maps that recently came out. Like, for example, uh, I, play, I played recently one called Diminut- Diminutive Abyss. And um, that one was really neat, too, because it's like a tiny little map, which I'm more of a fan of like a map that I can finish in like 5 to 15 minutes. So this kind of thing is up my alley where um, Muck, the the author of this map, he made a map where you can explore it. And sure, there's some monsters, but there's a lot of like platforming that you can do and a lot of like little nooks and crannies you can get into and and explore. And um, well, here's some pictures of that one. Okay. Because the other thing is like for the audience listening. But we got to describe what we're seeing here. So yeah, go just, for it. Yeah, I need to like do a Joe Rogan video cast type situation <laughs> for next time we have you on. But so we're looking at basically a floating, like dark, a dark floating city. You know, you can see the undersides of buildings and landscapes and stuff. Uh, similar to if anyone here has played Dusk when you get to the third episode, kind of like that. That's another one I have to I have to play. I haven't played Dusk yet. Yeah, there's going to be some really interesting, like it's fully compatible with Quake Maps now too, so you could just take your Quake Maps and play them with Dusk Physics now. Yeah, I heard something about that. Yeah, it's uh, very very exciting to the Dusk community, all eight and a half of us. Are really, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like there's a lot of innovation for for as simple as Quake is. I feel like Doom is a lot more has a lot more complex of a mapping scene and yeah, for- or modding scene for that matter. I should say modding and not mapping uh, because I mean, trench broom is just on another level. Um, of course I'm 
probably going to get a lot of shit for saying that. You know, in my, in my opinion, isn't the most qualified either. But from where I'm sitting, that seems to be the case. You guys um, are a more tight knit group. Like the quake mapping. It's a tight knit group. Yeah. It's like you guys are all communicating and working together and doing things. And then like the doom folks are like, and not to say that that doesn't exist. There's definitely groups of people who meet up and hang out and map and work on projects together, but it's a much wider array of people who've been doing it forever. And like just different cultures. And different there's a lot more people to it too. Yeah. It's more like a federation. Whereas you guys are like a, a nation. Interesting. It's yeah. an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, and right now, for example, uh, speaking of what the Quake guys are doing together, uh, Speed Map Pack 206 is underway. And that is using, uh, the theme for that one is prototype textures. So everything is going to be like flat shaded textures. And, you know, there's actually a couple of like texture packs that are used for prototyping maps. Um, But I guess they're just, they're rolling with it. Like, that's the theme. <laughs> so we'll see how that turns out. There's a lot of screenshots being shared on the, the Quake mapping Discord. It's looking pretty good. This is some really amazing stuff, dude. Every, every time I talk to you, you blow my mind with a bunch of information that I wasn't ready to handle. Oh, well, I got another one for you. Like, Speed Map Pack 205, the one that came before it. That one, um, the, the, the organizer of that pack, Zungriware. He made a script that randomly generates a list of of features. So for that pack, the mappers that participated were instructed to generate a list of features, and those became the requirements for their maps. So, for example, and I, I recently played through it, like... You can go to this uh, this site and run the script. And for example, I just ran it and it says your level must include at least six instances of trigger <laughs> monster jump, seven instances of funk plat on skill zero. Higher skills may have more. Your level must involve the player climbing up the map a distance of 1,500 units or more. Wow. I kind of feel like keeping this and making something with it. But anyway, imagine you have a limited time frame. This little gener- this little script tells you what you got to do, and you have to make it happen. And that became your map for the event, you know? So there's no shortage of cool ideas. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to articulate what I'm thinking here. Give me a second. Three, two, one. You guys are like engineers where you set yourself up, especially with these, you know, speed mapping and like the, the here are the progs we're going to use for this jam or here are the rules and all, that kind of thing. And I, I even saw this a bit with, uh, I think, one of your maps. You did it for a Christmas jam, I want to say, like 2018, where okay. it's like, like you have to be within a cube, you know, and like the, the, a certain size cube. You yeah, guys, that seems to be the recurring uh, theme for Christmas jam. Yeah. And someone mentioned uh, that the, the cube thing is because each map is like a little present, you know, a little box. <laughs> That's cute. So it's brilliant. I didn't even think of that, you know. But you guys kind of give yourself these limitations. Like, here, you know, I'm going to limit you in X number of ways. You must figure out a way to engineer this in. And not only to do it, you know, accomplish the goal, but make it flow and be playable and, you know, look like a piece of art and it's a multi-dimensional literally because it's quake a multi-dimensional yeah. art form and that's just I, do you think that 
Carmack ever envisioned this, you know, when he first decided to just share the source code out? I don't know if anyone could have envisioned it. Yeah, I know. It's it's incredible, man. It's just like the, this beautiful group of people just making it just the this well, is modern I, art. I don't know like, what the I don't know what the 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 common thinking was back then. But I, I remember either hearing or reading somewhere something along the lines of like uh why would we just give away our product for free? You know? Like oh, yeah. why would we just reveal our hand like that? And for them to go against that the way they did. I mean, there's a reason that Doom and Quake are still being talked about now, and it, that's the that's the reason for it. Yeah. It you is. know? It's like true. even like Half-Life, for example. Half-Life had probably still does has a, a pretty big mapping and modding community, but because it's still closed source, um there's only so far you can go. Like there's less room for innovation. I was uh that's an opinion, by the way. <laughs> that's fun. I was talking to Fred uh Shriver. Yeah. We got on that tangent too. It's like uh if John Carmack had not decided to share the source code of Quake, then here we are twenty something years later, and Wrath Aeon of Ruin, A, wouldn't have existed because you couldn't make a game on the Quake engine, or it would have been, you know, been on some other engine, but you also wouldn't have this you know, group of people who have spent all these years honing their skills. You know, like we literally 20-year veterans of working with Quake C and creating these incredible maps. And yeah, I think like, I don't know if you've played Wrath yet, but it's, it's like a crazy experience. Like it's a pinnacle of atmosphere in gameplay and, and it's only going to get bigger and more expansive as it release more of the game. Yeah. Wrath's on my short list. It's so good. Like so far and, and bloodshot is working on it too. I haven't gotten a chance to like, he hasn't, I don't think anything he's made for the game has been released yet, but when it, when it does, I'm sure it's going to blow my mind just like everything else he does. I assume he probably can't talk about it. And that's why you guys didn't. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about like wrath. It's just like he, I can't, I can't actually say that I've played, his maps in wrath yet that's what oh, it is okay. like, yeah because like there's only the there's only two playable levels currently released and the hub map um because it's an early access by the way bloodshot his maps man uh he, he makes some very distinct maps so like uh for map jam x he made uh, a map called twisted is it twisted strings mm. But uh, yeah, like he made like a, a genuinely creepy map with uh, a lot of suspense and twists and turns. He made that for Map Jam 10. And uh, he did for the um, Underwater Jam. He made a map. I don't remember what that one was called. But he made a map where you start in like a little undersea base. And then you get in a submarine and you traverse water in the submarine to like a little like underwater like ruined castle and it was brilliant man like i still remember that map because of like his set pieces you know like they're all very very nicely directed and put together that's that guy is very talented that's why he he got hired by one of the most legendary gaming companies ever to work on what I think is going to end up being 
a legendary game in that uh, because of what Killpixel's been doing with the with the Quake engine making this game, and you know, like the overall plan is to release you know everything to the public, you know, once it's been published. And yeah, then yeah. I think the final gonna, product for sure is going to be something special. So th- you're going to see people using those assets to start making maps, and there's going to be kids that play this game that weren't you know never even played Quake that you know, yeah. played Rat, <laughs> and then they're going to it's going to be a thing. I th- I think it's really going to add to the community overall. It already has. Just in the fact that, like, hey, there's publicity around the fact that there's a game being released on the Quake engine. And then, you know, if you pick up your gamer magazine and whatever it is, or whatever kids do these days, whatever website they read, and yeah, or magazines. Twitter post. I, I read magazines still. I read magazines, man. I do. I don't care, man. I lo- like digital <laughs> magazines. You know, I'm not trying to pollute the environment up with paper, but all the time. I say with my library sitting next to me, but. I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be a really special project that overall, uh, the overall result will probably be a lot more people getting into um, mapping because it, there's like such a barrier of entry that a lot of people are going to have to cross. Like, okay, well, how do I learn how to do this? And then you guys, you guys are a special breed of people who would go the extra step of like, I'm going to learn how to do this programming and I'm going to learn how to, you know, use trench broom or whatever, where a lot of people just want an end game snap map thing. If they're going to make anything, they want Minecraft. They want it to be very easy and, super simple with no uh, nothing holding them back. And if that existed in Quake, you might end up with a lot of people who maybe weren't the personality type that would go through the learning curve that you have to go through initially, but are the kind of people who would make incredible maps. You never yeah, know. but, you know, I, I feel like the barrier of entry has been dropped down significantly. For sure, um, yeah. And that's, that's thanks to the efforts of uh, Sleepwalker and Eric W., these are the guys that really they've laid the groundwork for, for us to kind of lazily barge in and be like, Oh yeah, make it quick maps easy. Now look, let me just draw some squares and me, you know, like <clears throat> it's really been uh, like it, I, cause I still remember vaguely. I remember Worldcraft, and that was very unintuitive, you know? So, and actually, if you've listened to like the most recent handful of of Quakecast episodes, where uh, like Dump Truck and I talked to a bunch of the mappers from the Christmas Jam, and we all we got like a, a quick fifteen minutes from each, or something like that. Everybody was saying something very similar, in that Trench Broom has has changed the way that that you make the maps. Um, you have like a, a much more inviting user experience and that's just brought in a bunch of new guys, you know, that's a bunch it. of new people are making maps. Yeah. It's all uphill from here. Really? Like, I, I think we're just going to see a, a larger and larger, you know, interest in this sort of thing, whether it be quake or doom or whatever. I just, I think that people want to do this. I agree. I just don't think quake is the game to do it. I don't think uh, Quake presses the right button in everybody. Like no. Quake for me has like uh, the right combination of like this kind of gritty style and fast action and stuff like that. So, you know, it's very appealing to me, but you could tell just in the distinction between Doom and Quake, like people appe- are appealed to by Doom a lot easier, you know? Yeah. Well, Doom is like, like heavy metal it's like something and and i love doom it's probably my favorite game to be fair uh, i just it's 
it's kind of immature, you know, it's kind of a, a thing that you, you play the, the original doom. It's, it feels to me like when I used to listen to Metallica every day, you know, all the time. And now I, yeah, you know, I can I, understand that. And, and then as I get older uh, and not, I'm still not that old, but you know, I want to listen to like easier music. That's not hard all the time. And I don't know. I, I think that's got something to do with it because, you know, Quake is a literally id software started to mature a bit. And then you end up with a game that's a little bit more nuanced and a little bit less like straight up in your face all the time, which is. It's, that's the thing. I don't know if that, if nuance is the right way of saying it. Okay. Because ahead. it's, I would say it's, it's still a relatively simple game. I would say that because of the, the growing pains it was facing at the time that Quake is a lot more simple where, you know, like for example, in Doom, like every monster has a, a weapon that is best for dealing with them, you know? Right. Or in Quake, with the exception of the Shambler, as soon as you get the grenade launcher, it's basically over for everything. You know? Or like as soon as you get like the super nail gun, you know, like then a whole class of weapons becomes obsolete. Yeah, we talked about that as I was playing through your maps. Um, we did the, the stream of it, but yeah, that's a, I didn't really know, understand how to play single player quake when I first did that, because, you know, I was trying to like hoard weapons and use the, you know, use the shotgun or the nail gun, you know, before I used anything else. And you're like, no, you don't, you don't do that. You just go in and you shoot every bolt of that lightning gun until you're done with it. And then you go down in class of that weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's just, uh, that's kind of on the same lines of, they they kind of made this game under duress. So because of that, there's a lot of parts of it that are not, they're a little unintuitive, I guess. Yeah. It's an, you see it in multiplayer, especially like Quake, NetQuake and Quake World both. Uh, you know, the weapons are the same as they are in, the, in Quake. And, it, you know, there has to be in every game, like the way that it develops, the way that you feel progression, you know. In yeah. The game. And, you know, a lot of games now, it's going to be like RPG elements or like, you know, you upgrade your characters, you know, now you have an, a new ability like Metroid or, you know, uh, now that yeah. you, can, you can double jump. Whereas Quake, it literally was like you progress through maps and you get better weapons that are just blow the enemies out of the water. That kind of, that was kind of the progression of the game. Uh, whereas Doom is like, I think the word everybody's using now to describe it because of Doom Eternal is like it's a fast-paced chess match, but it is like you're you're making very quick decisions about what weapon or and how you're going to engage in this fight. Yeah, in a way, they I, they said that about the new Doom, but it applies to the old yeah, Doom, of course. That, that's always been, and that's a good thing. That's it, I'm glad that that's the way totally. they're describing it. But you know, in in multiplayer. It, especially the first Quake, like it just it's super unbalanced as a result of that because like the weapons just. If you have a rocket launcher, I think I'd try to tell you about this, or an, a lightning gun, you're not ever using the single fire shotgun and, you know, like, fast right. Why would you? unless you're unless you're totally out of other options. Mm-hmm. Literally, the way that Quake World players do it is they map their keys so that you don't even have to, like, switch to a weapon before you fire. It's just the same button. So, like, if I touch my right mouse button, not LG is shooting immediately. And once that's out, it, it will go to the next weapon in line. Like I'll set a priority list based on strength of weapon. Oh, so then like when you right click, for example, it would be whatever your strongest weapon is. Yes. 
or oh. for me, it's like, so I have like, uh, priorities of rocket launcher is first. And then if I run out of rocket launcher, this is just my, you know, left mouse button here, then it will default to, you know, grenade launcher, then super shotgun and so on and so forth. Or I don't even remember the order, but like nail gun. And then, you know, I'll have the right button be LG because you, you, your two main weapons are, you know, rocket launcher and LG. And then usually, at least in my experience, people have a grenade launcher button also set aside. But in any of these cases, it will always default down to the next weapon in line when you run out of ammo. Um, wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I can imagine that takes some getting used to. It does, but honestly, for me at least, it's, it's so superior. Like by the time I, I played every other Quake before I ever got around to playing Quake World, like you know, it just didn't occur to me that I wanted to go back and play this old ass fucking game. <laughs> I'm kidding, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, people, people, you know, were telling me more and more about it. And I started talking to, you know, people like Loctar and like these pro, you know, real legit pros. And I, like, it made me curious, like, why do people stick around playing these games for so long? And literally yeah. that Loctar interview, which was a long time ago, the keep speaking, uh, I spent once I, he said, yes, he would do the interview. And then I realized like, oh, I have to learn this game. So I very quickly like started memorizing all the maps, there's not that many, you know, there's not that many competitive dual maps in Quake. You know, it's just, that's a fact of the matter. They locked in a long time ago what they're going to be. And they're starting to loosen up and have more things included. But basically you got five maps. So I, and, and they know them so well, you know, so in and out every nook and cranny detail of these maps. Right. Because they put them a million times. And, and the strategy, no doubt, of like, yeah. if the guy's going around this way, then I need to meet him this way yeah uh, or okay i just heard him pick up the mega health so i need to retreat stuff like that but once i got in there and started playing quake world like it it almost made it made quake 3 hard to play after i got into it because it's just so it's simple you know it's a, it's got really cool complex uh you know bunny hop movement and everything yeah net quake doesn't have it's a little more you know just straight up vanilla quake which is all i just got into that too just to kind of give it I feel obligated to try everything at least once, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it that's the thing about it is that it it just has something special, you know. It's it's so simple and it's so much easier to just kind of you know knock those keys out and it's it's efficient. Whereas uh, some of the other quakes, like Quake Three, is a lot more balanced weapon wise. Uh, yeah, but it loses something in the process of doing that. I don't know what it is. Hmm, that's and I love interesting. Them. Interesting take. It's like I think about Quake Three, I'm like, okay, well, that's the pinnacle of this arena FPS formula. Yeah, you know. But I don't know. For me, it's like it makes sense that a, a lightning gun or a rocket launcher, if you shoot someone with that, they should die immediately. There shouldn't be a you know a ten thousand rocket fight between two you know apparently bare skin aliens or human beings or whatever they are. Like Sorlag shouldn't realistically be able to get hit by it this much you know rocket launcher ammo before she explodes so in quake world especially one rocket and you're pretty much dead unless you have a shitload of armor like you're going down yeah but i'm sure you'd agree that the realistic argument you know (laughs) that's kind of out the door no Uh, you know like i i kind of i'm with you that like if if these are weapons they should feel like weapons yeah you know like i remember playing a lot of Nexius, which I think now it's called Synodic. 
Um, yes. Yes. Xenotic was like a, a fork of Nexius 2. I could be really wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate information. I'm spreading. My brother and I played a lot of Nexius, and I just remember the weapons feeling very weapon-like. Like Even though it was the same stuff, rocket launcher, shotgun, etc., um, you know, they had their own unique things there too, but that if someone was just sitting there and you hit them with one of these things, they would die really, really quickly. You know, like the, the electro, like if you drop some of those little electro, uh, balls and then hit it with the, uh, you know what I mean? It was like the equivalent of, uh, the pulse rifle from unreal, mm-hmm. but yeah, you could take out like a fully armored opponent pretty quickly. I don't know if it's still the same, but. I think um, it just adds to the chess match, man. You really and it that definitely doesn't make for a super easy to get into popular game. I just think it makes for a really special gaming experience, you know. No, I mean we're talking about a, a very niche, yeah, niche genre here. This is not for everybody. It's rewarding. That's that, that's what it is to me. If I wanted to play popular shit, I'd play popular shit. I just don't because I like what I like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think that applies to like everybody that's part of this community, you know, like <clears throat> I don't really play a lot of multiplayer these days. Cause I don't know. I just, <clears throat> I just like the single player. I like to chill on my own, take like, you know, 10, 15 minutes, play a map and then just move on with my life. <clears throat> of course, lately what I've been doing is binging a bunch of maps. Cause it's like, maybe I don't have the time every day. So I'll try and set aside like a day where like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm going to binge on some maps. But it's something I could do on my own, you know, kind of just forget about the world. I, I think that, honestly, man, like it's a big reason why I just wanted to, you know, get a chance to sit down and talk to you again is because when you, you know, when I had this idea, like, oh, I should, you know, I can reach out to JCR. He's somebody that I feel comfortable talking to. And then you kind of got me into, you gave me a simple quake launcher and I, I kind of like had a bit of a culture shift since that happened because it made it pretty easy. And like, I don't have to, I could be a lot more lazy about doing this. Yeah. But uh, I just had this kind of shift in myself, and it may not be directly related to you, but I I really do appreciate just kind of sitting down and playing through a couple of maps or like, you know, a single player game more than I did before because I would just spend so much time playing multiplayer and it's every night. Right. Get into a Discord server and, you know, getting in voice chat and like divvying up teams. And there's a lot of frustration involved. And it can be also very rewarding to do. That's what it is. There's a lot of setup, a lot of setup time. You can't just fire away and and hop in. But I'm enjoying the, the new me who like just comes home and plays through a quake map and has a couple of beers and goes to bed. Like it's nice. Nice. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. That that's the life right there. (laughs) I'm digging it, man. I'm really glad that you got me into this. Yeah, and you know, like I, I've been a part of the Quake community for a lo- much longer time than I've been like actively participating. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'm probably not even the best person to talk to on this. You know, there's there's guys who have been like active participants in all of this for, for a very long time. I had the same discussion with Dragonfly, man, about because I, I was like, dude, you, Eternity is like the most amazing Doom one I've ever played, or whatever, and he's like. Oh no, dude! There's so many better, you know, more experienced people than me. Blah blah blah. And yeah, but the the fact of the matter is that there's there's that moment or that thing or whatever it was that inspired me to get into something. And uh, yeah, that that's just how it is. So yeah, of course there are better mappers than you or whatever. Are there people who've been 
around the community or more famous people I could talk to or, you know, they would get more likes. But the, the fact is that like, I, I consider you sort of a friend now, man, like you've really opened me up to a new thing. And that's awesome. Well, I really appreciate that. And I'm glad that I can, I'm glad I can be that guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking, that reminds me like doom stuff. So I haven't played Eve Eternity yet. And that's because I've been playing hideous destructor so much. Have you played hideous destructor? No. What is it? Oh, it's like a, it's like it's a mod that basically turns Doom into like Rainbow Six. So what? you're not you don't play as Doom guy, you play as like a guy, you know. So you die very easily, and um, you know the weapons are a lot more realistic. Uh, for a gun guy like me, like I'm really into it because you could tell that the guys who make it like they know a thing or two about guns. Uh, there's a lot of like features specific. To, you know, like you can unload magazines and you can like reload the individual cartridges and then load them into your magazine. And like there's a whole complex inventory system and encumbrance and everything. But I've been on that. And the thing is, you can't you can't just play any map with that. Like the author of Hideous Destructor explicitly states. This is not designed for you to play like like you're not intended to win every map with this. Yeah. And that is the truest thing. But when you do beat a map with it, you know, like hell, just getting through E1 M1 was like the biggest like satisfaction. It was like, holy shit, I finally did it, you know, of mastering like the the mechanics and stuff. Anyway, like I didn't mean to go on a tangent. I just wanted to tell you that that's been taking up a lot of my doom time. And actually after Jump Jam, I've kind of uh, decided I'm going to like sit back and relax a little bit instead of jumping into my next quake project. Yeah. So I've been playing some hideous destructor, you know, those guys are, those guys are doing some very impressive stuff. I just really like the, doing the podcast kind of keeps me motivated, you know, so, cause sometimes I just don't even want to play video games. Like, <laughs> like but there's yeah. so much like cool content out there that like, I, I'll never be able to get through it in a lifetime. But you know, if I know like you're coming up as an interviewee, like, oh, I'm definitely going to make a point to play Quake this week or whatever to kind of like get in the mood for that. Or, you know, if I know I'm going to interview someone who's releasing a game, uh, I'm at least going to spend an afternoon or a couple of days like getting through a good portion of their game so that I can be familiar enough with it to show up to the interview knowing what I'm talking about. And, you know, it, I can't always hold myself to that super high standard of like, yeah, I've played your whole game all the way through or, you know, everything you've ever released, but at least I can show up with an idea. And I don't know. I just really enjoy this. I enjoy that whole aspect of making a priority of it, you know? Yeah. You, you have to set aside some leisure time, right? You know, you got to give yourself some time to rest and do something that you like. Anything else? Like you, so you're taking some time off, but do you have anything in your back pocket? Like a, like maybe an idea of what your next project will be. So I do want to make at least one map that is like no expense spared kind of, you know, I, I the bar keeps getting raised higher and higher. Yeah. So I want to try and make a map now that is at least comparable to the stuff that people are making. And it doesn't look like it came out of the uh, 1990s. And I don't want to set a time limit on myself. Like I'm, I'm going to take as long as I need to. To make one solid map. That's awesome. That's and that's it. <clears throat> and it's going to be, I think I'm, I might go with like Arcane Dimensions and just stick to that. Because, you know, to go back to the Jump Jam, um, 
you know, I got a lot of nice feedback on Triune Discovery and like the improvements to the jump mod. Mm -hmm. And I got some nice feedback from Jump Jam. But compared to like feedback that everyone else is getting on their stuff, it's not that much. And it's led me to believe that like, I just don't think platforming is that popular in first person games. Like I love it. And there's a group of people who love it. Like Smile Scythe loves it. He has a YouTube channel dedicated to basically arena FPS and platforming. His YouTube channel is growing mischief. <laughs> we should plug that. Growing Mischief is Smile Scythe's YouTube channel. I don't know why he calls it that, but that's what it is. Um, so, you know, like, anyway, that whole thing of, like, maybe, maybe people don't care that much about platforming and FPS. I'll try and make, like, one solid map with everything I've learned and see where it goes from there. There's also a project that uh, I will be working on this year with uh, Zungriware. I don't know how comfortable he is with me talking about it. But um, I'm a man of my word, and I promised I promised uh, some time ago, around the time that I released Triune, he reached out and wanted me to make a map for his mod, which, let me just say, it's, um, it's unique. But, you know, there's another guy you could talk to if, if he's willing. There's a lot of people. I'm going to have to like write a list of like, okay, these are the people that I really want to prioritize talking to. I could do that, but realistically what's going to happen is I'm going to find projects that catch my eye and interest me and then probably just be like, hey, you know, you're interested in doing Yeah, this. I mean, that's how it should be. Yeah. You want to talk about what interests you on this on this show? I think so. I think that's the way to do it because otherwise I would get burnt out. You know, if I, if I turned it into like a, here's a, a list of things and I do have like a list of people that I would like to talk to but it's because of their, you know, them as a person or their project just directly interests me. Yeah. Otherwise, and if I wasn't interested in it, it wouldn't be fun. I don't think to hear me think about it or, you know, like who wants to hear some guy like talk about something he doesn't care about. Yeah. It just, you can't let it become a chore. Right. I think that's the you theme know? of this whole podcast. Don't let your hobbies become a chore. Right. It's a good way to end it. Yeah, dude. I really appreciate you coming on and like we'll do it again too. Kind of keep touching base from time to time. This is great. Sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um we'll see where these uh these projects I got going on. We'll see where they come from and uh and where they go. Yeah, dude. You got the eternal invite. If you're promoting something, you just uh, hit hit up old motherload and we'll we'll come chat about it. I'll keep that in mind. Also, map two of Tron Discovery is amazing, and everyone should play it. I don't care if you. Yeah. Someone discovered a a, a nice a nice uh, sequence break <laughs> that is is a lot easier to do than I would have ever thought. Like it just it never crossed my mind. So when I saw someone do it in a demo, I was like, oh man, the map is ruined. <laughs> but that's that's the fun of it, you know, is getting feedback and seeing how everybody how everybody enjoys what you've created and where they take it. Hey, before we get out of here, just want to drop a quick little reminder that in the keep is a listener supported show. So we want to say thank you to the people who choose to support. Those are dots, moose, Paul, Zach, Alexander, Lashaka, Brad, Night Owl, Tones, Jeffrey, Larissa, Nave, Steve, NVZ, Catman, Samiko, and Chibi Sniper, amongst many others. But 
all of these people that I just mentioned give through Patreon, PayPal, credit card. Uh, they go shop through our Amazon affiliate link. Uh, they buy merchandise from our Redbubble store. They've become nitro boosters in our Discord server to help boost our sound quality and make our community more fun. And many of them are also Twitch subscribers, which is highly, highly appreciated. Donations keep the lights on with this show, obviously. They also go into prize pools for the tournaments that we put on. They help us, you know, make the initial investments on our merchandise, which we'll be distributing to our Patreon supporters here pretty soon. And also, I post the podcasts early on Patreon for those supporters. And if you're if you support in some other way, like you just don't like Patreon or you don't want to give through Patreon or whatever the case, if you if you're a Twitch subscriber or a Nitro booster or anything like that, and you would like to also have the episodes early, yes, you absolutely should. Just hit me up for now and I'll send it to you. And in the future I'll probably make like a private channel in our Discord to make sure that you're able to just get it when you feel like it. Uh, but until then, you know, we'll just do what we can. If you yourself would like to make a tithing to the drowned god, so to speak, you can just go over to inthekeep.com and click on the join and support button. It will take you to quakefans.net where you can find all of our links. Anyway, that's all for today. Until next time, stay in the keep.